Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to another episode of RCAF Podcast. Thanks for being here. Today's guest is Annie Phillips. Annie is an art director, artist, and entrepreneur with the arts. We talk about her exciting new website that she's currently designing that will help connect artists directly to clients. We'll get into that kind of close to the end of the podcast. I'm really excited about it for her and what it means for artists in general. Uh, We also talk about her experience of running festival galleries and throwing various other types of shows and art installations. Uh, We talk a little bit about applying for entries and and grant writing, the challenges of the quarantine, and even a little bit about Ethereum, blockchain technology. Uh, So yeah, I think you guys will find great value in this episode. This is a solo episode with just me, Andrew here. Uh, John couldn't make it, but we hope you enjoy. So we're going to blast off here in three, two. Let's see. So I'll go ahead and record. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I was set up outside uh, with some nice natural light, but then it started raining. So I had to come. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. It's nice to catch up. Yeah, for sure. Um, how have you been during all this? Um, you know, I would say the first month was pretty hard. Um, Mm -hmm. I, it was like every day for about a month, I was just finding out, you know, oh, this is postponed. Okay. It's finally canceled. Got to rework my whole schedule. And by the end of it, I mean, not all of my contracts are canceled. I still have a few things that I'm working on and doing, Mm -hmm. um, but about, I don't know, two thirds, I probably lost 10 contracts and uh, probably over like a hundred thousand dollars for like my, me and my company and the artists that I normally pay out every year and the, the support staff that helps with all my projects. And, you know, there was a part where I felt pretty, I don't know, like I was struggling cause I felt like I'd failed, but then it's like, out of my hands they would all the things would have happened had you know this virus not happened but 
at the same time, it was just difficult processing it because so much I feel like of my identity comes through my work and right. through these, these projects, you know, it's very integrated and, um, but it's, it's kind of smoothed over and, um, I've kind of gotten reoriented. Um, I was able to get on unemployment, um, from Meow Wolf. I'd never, I was, had qualified for it when I got laid off, but then, um, I hadn't done it just because at the time I was working and I had stuff going on and I didn't qualify. And so for sure. when it kind of slowed down, I was like, well, shoot, I'm going to see if I qualify. And so it's enough to cover my bills. And I've just been um, taking the time to really um, do a lot of backend work for my business and actually um, start working on the next versions, which is this big website platform build that I'm I have been dreaming about for years now. So it's kind of nice to have some extra time um, to be able to put into that because who knows if it would have even ever happened otherwise, because uh, my projects tend to keep me like in over my eyeballs with work. So, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us are using this time to catch up or, or do something a little different or learn a new skill or something. Uh, It's, it's kind of like a weird blessing in disguise in some ways. It's definitely hard uh, to deal with, but yeah. So I guess let's catch people up too. Um, how did you get, let's, I mean, maybe start at the beginning. How did you get involved with the arts and what are you doing now? And you mentioned your website and I saw you made a post about that the other day too. So I wanted to talk about that and you got a lot to say about it so uh, yeah just just talk about that a little bit if if you want to well I'm originally from Arkansas and I grew up in a super small town less than 3,000 people uh, went to public school and um, it was I, I have to really equate a lot of you know why my interest in kind of art and culture and music to that because for me I was just so devoid of culture growing up which granted my parents thank god they're Mm. really intelligent cool people Mm -hmm. and were very progressive and it was weird they had this kind of like network of cool artists that they knew and so we had this kind of like bubble of friends and people in this otherwise very like christian republican conservative community right and um you know i grew up around like glass blowers and a potter like I have a whole pottery set, you know, my, one of my good mom's good friends. And so, you know, I, but I feel like this weird juxtaposition of being so culturally devoid, but knowing that there was more out there. And then like, I grew up and I think, I think we got our first computer when I was in kindergarten and, um, you know, but it just like, as slow, like I grew up with, with the internet not like with it but like as the internet grew up I grew up and so I was just always curious about culture and so I was figuring out how to download music on LimeWire and like you know figure out how to like find cool like style and scene girls on MySpace and like (laughs) figure out like you know what was cool and and I was just always like trying to find stuff Mm -hmm. and um I followed a bunch of blogs and I got like, 
really interested in uh, doing podcasts, actually. Like, I did a podcast in college. Oh, nice. What did you call it? What was it called? um, Oh, God. (sighs) I would look. I don't even know. They called me Indie Annie Jones, though. But we're talking, this was like 2008. So it was like 12. So I don't even know what (laughs) Wow, that'd be funny to go back and listen to some of them, though. Yeah. Do you have access to any of them? I could hit up the guy. We're still friends on Facebook. He just randomly found me and like, we've never even met. And we did this podcast about music and review albums and stuff, but that's super cool. That was like in the beginning of podcasts and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And, um, I don't know. So I started throwing these parties during college. I met this really cool chick um who was throwing who originally started throwing her name was candace mm-hmm. and she was getting the colleges to like donate art supplies and stuff so they would have like all these canvases and easels and paint supplies and they take that white kind of butcher paper type stuff and just cover the walls and they just it was like five bucks to get in but mm. you could keep the canvas and That's um cool. it slowly like morphed into these like um, she, she kind of took a step back cause she had a kid. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of helping manage them and we would get like, you know, local DJs, electronic music. And then, um, <clears throat> I went to Wakarusa, which was in Arkansas. Nice. What, um, you, what year did you go to that? I want to say my first year was, uh, maybe 20, uh, 2009 or, or 10. Um, but I met, Michael Garfield and Ray Vina there. Yeah, I was at um, the one in 2010. That's the first time I ever sold any art ever. Oh, cool! How synchronistic. Yeah. That's so. Cool. Yeah, that place is pretty, pretty badass actually. Like the the nature and uh, the just kind of vibes of the land there. I guess it's gorgeous yeah. and like the waterfall there on that site. Um, yeah. You know, and like I was connected with a bunch of people who were throwing like raves in a lot of the similar areas out and about like in in Arkansas and was just trying to like plug in, see like what else was out there. And mm-hmm. um, but I met at Wakarusa. That was really cool. I met Ray and Michael and I ended up getting that's <laughs> such a longer story. Yeah. But I got Michael to come to um, one of my art parties, which was really cool. So that was kind of how I started like, okay, cool. Like, what does it look like to get bigger name artists to parties and like yeah. network and connect with people? And like, so I was starting to like, you know, actually start booking people. And um, Michael, uh, it was really funny. Like my mom, um, <clears throat> was engaged to Jeff Goldblum or in like had this whole really thing. and <laughs> he, he was like trying to like win her back she's such a strange woman and um <laughs> love her but oh she's wild and she, he was like I want to buy you a present a graduation present and so he actually bought me my first original painting which was a Michael Garfield oh nice wait so yeah. Jeff Goldblum paid for a Michael Garfield and gave it to you Yes. That that's a hell of a fucking story. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. And so that really kick started my collection and yeah. you know allowed me to have more access to Michael when I didn't really know what I was doing and so he was like who is this chick? Yeah, yeah. And 
um, you know, ended up coming to one of my parties and that like helped me kind of, and he really, I feel like took me under his wing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, like he really helped, um, like he turned me on to like Andrew Jones and Matt and just so, and like, he was like, you need to come to Sonic Bloom and, so after Wakarusa in 2011, I moved uh, to Colorado and I was just sleeping in my car for a couple of weeks and like sleeping on people's couches. Mm-hmm. But then I, because I was like, well, I'm going to go to Sonic Bloom. That's going to be a week. So might as well right. get a house after that. So yeah. I always say Sonic Bloom is like my anniversary of being in Colorado, which, yeah. and so that was 2011, like a month after I graduated college. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like, yo, shouts Michael because I feel like he is, uh, he's kind of like that dude who, for a while at least, seemed like he was taking a lot of people under his wing. I met him at Wakarusa too, and, you know, he had something nice to say about my artwork after, because I wasn't painting then, but I was like making little ink drawings. And I showed it to him because I was like, oh, this guy's a painter. And I ran into him, and, you know, we talked for a little bit. I feel like he's kind of like the gatekeeper, or was at least for uh, a lot of live painters. So, yeah, I feel just... like gatekeeper is interesting. Michael's always been so inclusive and like. And that's what I—that's kind of what I mean. More like an usher. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. a good word. Like welcome in. Like yeah. Come on in. yeah. Oh, he's great. I mean, I really have a lot to, you know thank him for because you know we went to burning man together that year we went to root wire nice we probably did other stuff i can't remember um and he just like i was kind of like i'd pay for the gas or like pay for a hotel room and different stuff just you know and i'd drive my car just because i was like i want to experience this stuff i don't want to go by myself this guy knows what he's doing and like and so it was just kind of cool. He was like my big brother in some ways of like, you know, I'll take you and like introduce you to all these people. And so I kind of like, I feel like I was kind of like not sponsoring him, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of a lot of things to kind of like gain access to like, you know, the inner circle of these. Right. You, know, you were kind of like, you're kind of like paying, paying in or something like paying. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like, you know, when you're first starting out on a creative path or whatever, you got to kind of pay dues, so to speak. And like, you know, bust your ass to make things happen. It was totally worth it. You know I mean? It was invaluable experiences and connections that I made through, you know, hanging out with him and him being able to like introduce me to people and, and just, you know, um, in 2011, he introduced me to Jen Ingram at nice. Burning Man, and that really set the stage of like, wow, this is um, this is really interesting, and yeah. how do I do this? And it took me a few years to really um, kind of get there because it's it's been totally. a slow process, you know. I mean, I started with the art parties in Arkansas, but then moved out here, and I kind of struggled for my first year or two. I feel like. I um, was having a hard time like finding community and figuring myself out. And I was just doing random work at the time. And um, then I met uh, Boris Cartman, who Mm -hmm. uh, used to do visuals for Bass Nectar and uh, ran a company called Illuminated Dimensions at the time. Nice. Uh, Or wait, no. 
what was it called at the time? Oh, shit. I can't remember. Mm. He had a different name for his company. It's called Illuminated Dimensions now. Mm. But um, dang it, that's going to bug me. But Mm. anyway, uh, we dated for like a year and he taught me particle illusion and got me going. Cause like before I like at the art parties, I would set up these funky like projection installations where Mm -hmm. it was like overhead and slide projectors and random like Mm -hmm. stuff. I had this like Brian Eno DVD at like layer and like do all this stuff. Right. And, but I was really into like um, Photoshop and just digital art. But like at that time I had like, a really janky computer and didn't, um, I don't know. I hadn't really figured out how to start even teaching myself that stuff yet. And Mm -hmm. just always had fun with it. I probably could have even taken some classes at at Hendrix, but I didn't even know like that much about like the feasibility of it or what I wanted to do. Right. And, um, but then when I, when I saw Android's, uh, Phaedra project I was like ah, oh, this is so cool mm-hmm. and um wanted to learn that software which is particle illusion and um so Boris got me set up with that and I started doing content development for his company and did a bunch of stuff like Red Rocks and we did some AEG festivals went down to an to Envision mm-hmm. and um um then that was when a rise started. We were actually down at Envision and I got a call from Tiero or well, Boris got the call from Tiero and was like, we're going to throw a festival. We don't know what it's called yet. Uh, will you bring some art? And um, Boris was like, hell yeah. And so we did. Um, but, you know, we had a, we brought, we ended up breaking up like right before a rise, which was pretty uh. difficult. Um He's a really intense person. He's he's really, really smart. He's Russian, mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of a cultural thing. They're just very intense people. And I'm like buttery, like, you know, Southern girl. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. just like a lot for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so we, we broke up um, and I went on to continue doing the, the work at Arise because it wasn't really his like... Um, his thing like he he enjoyed doing like the visuals and setting up all the tech aspects but um like the gallery and installations and stuff was like i finally like was like yes i get to do the thing that i've been wanting to do and um you know that just really snowballed um i to where like in 20 i want to say 14 or 15 then sonic bloom asked me to do stuff and Mm -hmm. then like then I started working with Dave at Euphonic Conceptions and doing stuff at like Red Rocks and the Fillmore and Cervantes sometimes and Jim yeah. and Jam and Wave Spell. And now it's just turned into a whole thing where like, you know, I mean, I was set up this year. I had like 14 contracts for this year set up and I was oh, wow. so excited because um, I had surpassed my goal of having a contract for each month. Right. Yeah. So it was like one a month had been my goal forever. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. But, yeah. That, you know, like, I guess kind of the question that arises from that is what are some challenges that you have kind of like hurting all these cats and like, you know, dealing with 
tons of applications and artists and you know writing grants or or what have you like what's the uh what's the hardest part of it what's the most uh rewarding part of it for you Good question. I'm glad you asked what's most rewarding too, because yeah. I'd hate to just dwell on the negative because it's hard work. Right. You know, I think the hardest thing is having to say no to people. Um, mm-hmm. like we get like 300 plus applications uh, to these festivals mm-hmm. and it just breaks my heart. I mean, I have to say no to people that like, I think are just wonderful, incredible people, but they only allow me to like accept or give tickets to you know 25 people normally mm-hmm. and that hurts and it hurts because I don't think people realize how difficult that is for me and then you know they'll make posts on Facebook taking it personally and mm-hmm. saying that like I don't know I've just I've had to deal with a lot of the social media stuff and I think at this point I have distanced myself enough to where I'm like, you know, it's okay. Like I'm not going to make everyone happy. And um, if they don't understand, then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like continue to just try and defend myself all the time. Like it's exhausting. Yeah, totally. I think that's probably the hardest part. I Mm -hmm. wish that I, I had the ability to do, to do more for more people and um, the limited resources is always difficult too. Cause then even yeah. if I do accept artists, then a lot of times those artists are even upset. Cause they're like, why don't I have, you know, an all access pass or, you know, I want catering and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, I, I just can't do that. And, you know, we're, right. we're really trying to make this succeed. And if, if we kind of cut corners, for a few years, maybe we'll make money and then we can have a bigger art budget, but like, this is where we're at. And it's, you know, that those kind of things are tough because I feel like people think that I'm the one making those decisions. Right. Like you're, you're kind of stuck in the middle between the people that you're serving and then the people you work for, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so I have to kind of take the uh, brunt of it a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that's tough, but, um, I would say the most rewarding part though, is just getting to like at the end of the festivals, um, getting to pay everyone. Yeah. Um, I really love like, you know, and I feel like the fun camaraderie that happens where people are like, Oh, who sold the most in the gallery this weekend? You know, like, and it just, it kind of, that's fun. And just bringing all these people together from all over the United States, like, Mm -hmm. You know, I got Nick Stumbles coming in from um, Austin, Texas, and he brings in a lot of our Arkansas homies from like his Flux festivals that are like really old friends of mine. Like my friend Jackson comes out and we went to college together, you know, but Mm -hmm. he helps Nick and it's just a really like I love it feels like a family reunion every time. And like I I really miss that. And um, but that's my favorite like the yeah just all the people coming together and then just being able to pay people and for their art because i think that that's a special thing like that's very validating oh definitely definitely yeah i mean i remember the first time i got paid at a festival it was like kind of mind-blowing in a way like having my work hang in a gallery and then at the end of the weekend you know 
settling up. It's definitely like a high point. And, you know, a lot of us who go to festivals don't always necessarily, you know, we're, a lot of us are kind of like young to the game, to the art game, I guess. And so providing that space where we can kind of like get used to the gallery setting and talking to people and networking with people, it's super valuable. Um, a question I was thinking of while you were talking just now. Um, so a lot of festivals are having, you know, like you said, like 20, 25 artists. Um, are you, tr as a curator, are you trying to get the, the most, the, the most amount of like quantity of people in there or do they have, do they give you kind of like this, this is the number of artists we want, you know? Cause I was thinking about like, okay, sometimes we don't have a budget to give people meals or like VIP camping or whatever. So is it a, is it more of a question of like the festival asking to have like 20, 25 artists or I guess what's the sweet spot of a number uh, of artists? Well, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble answering <laughs> this, but um, the, the festival usually says this is the amount of tickets that mm -hmm. we're allotting you. Okay. And so then I have to, and, but sometimes they do say like, we're, we want this many live painters and it's a logistics thing sometimes because it's like how much power we can distribute, where they're going to set up, totally. how much space they're going to take up, mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. So it's usually like, you know, it's both like, this is how much I've been allotted, but it's also like a logistics thing. Um, but I tend to, cause I, for a lot of events, I do live painters and installations. So mm -hmm. one way I've been able to get more artists in is by expanding and doing murals. Right. And so, um, that doesn't necessarily cut into the live painter, you know, budget of tickets. I can get people in additionally as muralist right. and put that under installations. So that's, and not, that wouldn't get me in trouble it, it because that's been a really cool aspect to add on. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's been really cool to see people, um, you know, figure out how to work on a larger scale or to be able to have artists that work, you know, already do murals and larger scale work to present so people can see that process. So that's like one way I've been trying to kind of get more people in. I also get artists in to help, um, on the different teams because I have right. like an artist like the check-in team that like gets you your credentials then I have the sales team in the gallery I usually have a build team that builds the mural walls and like the gallery walls and paints mm -hmm. like buffs everything so you know I'll get artists in that way I mean really most of the people that help out and pitch in are artists in some way or another right um you know, and I'm always trying to figure out how to like get people in because it's um it's always just a limit of tickets. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm always trying to get more from events and advocate for more. And, you know, Sonic Bloom's actually been one of the really cool events I've worked with. And I think it's because Jamie, the owner, is an artist right. himself. So he gets it. Right. And he really listens to people like 
you know, I remember, I think it was like maybe Michael Devine and Michael Garfield and a few mm-hmm. others that have like wrote these really long things about like paying live painters and this mm-hmm. like kind of, in, you know, complicated uh, conversation that's come up over the years. And, um, you know, Jamie looks at that stuff and reads it and is like, okay, what can we do, you know? And normally for Sonic Bloom, if you're an official live painter, you at least get like a hundred bucks, which is pretty cool. Um, And it helps. I mean, it's not much, but it does add up. I mean, when you add that up, it's like 2,500 bucks. It's like, that's a good chunk of money. Right. So it's it's hard when you are working in big numbers to be able to give stipends, um, you know, and a lot of people are like, why don't you pay people? I'm like, do the math. If we paid you, that's like a big chunk of the budget. Right. (laughs) And that's where, that's where like kind of the hustle comes in too. Um, and, and networking and talking to people who are in the gallery. Um, what advice would you have for an artist on that front in terms of, how to kind of like, I guess, cultivate uh, a nice little network for yourself and, and find collectors. Is there anything that comes to mind? Interesting. Um, it's an interesting question. Well, one thing that I always tell people is to invest in yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, if you really are trying to do this full time and to take yourself serious, you know, the, the, especially if you're out here in Colorado, Mm -hmm. um, but really anywhere that you live, there's good people and that you can find good people and then do trades, you know, offer to say like, you know, I'll help you stretch your canvases or do your shipping. If you'll teach me figurative drawing or like do some lessons with me, like I want to learn oils, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, there's really creative ways that you can, um, you know, get people to teach you or to get access to, um, you know, learning and skill-based, um, just trades and such. But I think that kind of stuff, like reach out to your heroes. Um, I, I think, and, but, you know, don't be like, don't hold your breath. Don't, you know, get upset if they don't respond, but Mm. you'd be surprised. Like if, when you reach out to people often, um, we're really, you know, grateful that you, you that people recognize you, the, you know the work that you do or whatever and so you know a lot of people are happy to talk to you and like give you advice and um you know if there's a certain um I don't know there's a lot of like different um collectors that have made it into a business which I think is interesting mm-hmm. um like, you know, that you've got the crown collection and the higher collection and all these kinds of people that are doing stuff like that. And I think, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to those people and say, Hey, like, you know, what kind of art are you looking for? And like, you know, or can you suggest anybody else that, you know, might be interested in collecting my work or have any advice for me? Cause like, you know, like Ryan, who does that, does the crown collections, a good friend of mine. And he's yeah. a really, he's very humble. I think people get a, maybe a little intimidated because, um, you know, people look so cool, but <sighs> yeah. you know, like people are people just like reach out and ask questions, be curious. And, um, yeah, just don't be afraid to like put yourself out there, yeah. even just on Facebook, like just 
like whatever questions you have or whatever you're trying to think through, like just put it out there. You'd be surprised like what would come back, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of valuable, um, lessons and information you can get from just sharing what you're going through and, and just getting feedback from people. I think, um, it's still like, you know, I'm, I've been painting for like nine years now and it's still kind of doesn't baffle me, but it's, I'm still like, wow, this is a lot of, it's a lot of other things besides painting. You know, it's a lot of like applying for, you know, murals or festivals or, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting interested in grants and stuff like this right now. Um, yeah, there's been a bunch come up, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, um, it's kind of interesting because like we have this downtime and like all these extra grants. So it's definitely a good time to get good at grant writing. Yeah. What do you have any advice on, uh, grant writing? Um, is there a, is there a trick to it or do you just have you to know, practice just like anything else? Well, I just think it's, it's finding things that are a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, so really reading everything, like mm -hmm. really read through what they're asking for, what, what kind of things you need to qualify for it. And just making sure before you put that energy in that it is a fit. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you definitely want to hone in on ones that are like a good fit. And one thing I've been noticing a lot with the grants, um, for like small businesses, cause I've been applying and like getting a bunch of rejection letters, um, is that they're really funding businesses right now that are actively pivoting towards frontline work. Mm -hmm. So say like a clothing company that's now doing masks right? or a bar that's now doing hand sanitizer. So, you know, stuff like that is what's really getting funded. And so it's, you know, and I wouldn't force, like, if that's not what you're doing or what you want to do, like, I wouldn't force it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's maybe a little disingenuous. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, if you want to do that, then great. Like, I'm sure the help is still needed and will continue to be a need. But, like, if you're just trying, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I would just find stuff that's a good fit. And um, there, because there's a lot out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's switch back a little bit to, uh, uh, IRL. Okay. When did you start that? Like, what kind of events are you guys doing? I saw something, you know, I, d I didn't get it. I wasn't able to go to far out factory, but that looked super cool. And the yeah. event with, uh, with Ethereum Denver, um, just talk, just talk about all that. Okay. Um, so um, IRL is actually technically my second LLC I've had. I used to have the Illuminatorium, which was from, I'm going to say 2014 and 15, um, that I did with my partner at the time, Jason Burris. And we hosted like 20 events. Um, and I struggled for a few years to reincorporate my name. Um, it was hard to find a name that really represented what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I came up with IRL and, um, that was 2018, I believe I came up with the name and 
um, got the new LLC, got my logo, been, you know, trying to rebrand and kind of um, do that. And, you know, because for a few years, I was just doing stuff as like Annie Stardust. I worked with Soul Purpose for, I think, mm-hmm. a year or two in, in between and was like doing my galleries and stuff as Soul Purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, with IRL, um, you know, yeah, it's just it just keeps growing, which is really nice because as much as I love festivals and I feel like those are like my home base and it's mm-hmm. my, you know, just my foundation um, it's my starting point. Um, I have been doing a lot of different types of projects more recently, like far out factory and the underground music showcase. That's with a local company, two parts, mm-hmm. um, which two parts. I met Lulu. Who's one of their main, um, I don't know what her title is. Um, but like, she's one of the like main people at two parts, but she used to book, and do uh, she she used to work with a rise music festival so i mm-hmm. knew her through rise but then she started working with two parts and they do a ton of like all sorts of different events they do a cool event called um truck stop which is like a food truck festival they uh produce crush mural festival oh, nice. uh, yeah far out factory and so they're, they're an event production company and I've been working with them as kind of their like art director for various projects. And um, yeah. And then in February I did that Eats Denver project, which was just so cool. I mean, like, you know, especially with my background in digital art um, people that, aren't familiar ethereum is a cryptocurrency um on blockchain uh which blockchain technology um and ethereum in particular has allowed for all these things called dapps uh which are developer apps to happen and there's been all these really cool uh platforms pop up for digital artists and so i it was a really crazy project because a lot like for probably two months I just figured out how to approach it and it was a huge like research undertaking to be Mm -hmm. able to like figure out like which platform I wanted to use to run the gallery and like you know I just setting that up was a wild process but um yeah I've been putting my personal art on super rare recently which is I definitely recommend any artist um digital or traditional to check it out um it's a really super rare okay it's a really cool um one of the dapps on ethereum where basically um it'll tokenize your work which essentially makes it a contract that says this is an original so for digital artists in like especially it's Mm -hmm. really cool because it's a way to say like this is a one of one digital art piece yeah but people are buying and selling these digital art pieces and then putting them in virtual galleries um there's one called crypto voxels that's really really cool and um it's just been exploding like especially now artists are trying to find new ways of making money so it's cool i saw zebler on there and like peter grick who's like all-time favorite and 
um, Cullen's on there and Ethan, um, some VJ, uh, it's great for VJs. Nice. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's really cool. Cause as a digital artist, like I've never sold my digital art other than like a few that I've done like for flyers or random stuff. But, right. um, this was really neat because it, it's really building a community around, uh, that wasn't there before, you know, other right. than maybe like behance or mm-hmm. like deviant art or something but like i never was on those and mm-hmm. this is like a whole new thing so it's it's bringing up a lot of really interesting conversations about um like ownership and collecting like collecting work and what it means of like the material nature of art it's very philosophic these the the nerds are definitely mm-hmm. having a field day with this um there's another one i definitely recommend checking out like the more i learn about it the more it like breaks my brain mm-hmm. um called async how you spell and, that yeah and it's oh how do you spell that sorry oh a s y n c i believe okay cool that's like in sync but async <laughs> right you know? right yeah but it's like programmable art which is really really cool like um basically like the artist will say you know if you buy this piece like you'll have these different like you'll be able to unlock these different things so you know then the collector the person who owns the piece then has the ability to change it oh okay so it's kind of like open source art in a way yeah it's programmable art is what they call it but then like for instance they just did they curated 12 artists that did the uh, rendition of the last supper. Mm -hmm. So each artist did one of the figures for the last supper. And each one of those had their own programmable features and could be bought independently. So it's also talking about fractional ownership, which is really cool. And so like you can own a piece of this art, but then also have the ability to augment this art. And it's like this like living thing now. Yeah. That's super awesome. So the uh, the super rare, d- does it have like a virtual reality aspect to it? Then can you put on goggles and walk through the galleries um, and zoom in on mm-hmm. the paintings and stuff like that? Yeah. So crypto voxels is um, that main platform. Some mm-hmm. people are starting to set stuff up in Decentraland. Is another one. Um, I think it's still in beta, so it's not. Um, like, like you have to kind of like go through a process to get into it right now. But crypto voxels is really cool. And what I like about crypto voxels is that you can click on the pieces and then it will take you to like the, the platform that it's hosted on and you can, you know, bid on it or purchase it or just see the sales history, right. Of ownership. And it, it's really cool that way where i feel like other platforms like people have been doing stuff in vr chat yeah and um other i'm trying to think what other ones i've seen pop up recently but i think it's mostly vr chat and i just feel like their platform's still a little lacking with um those kind of functions of being able to like click through and like see the sales history but the bad thing about um Crypto voxels and, and Decentraland is all cryptocurrency, and so uh, so you it, can't you can't use whatever U.S. dollars or whatever. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, you would have to set up a wallet and then be able to like bid and buy the pieces in cryptocurrency. And so I think that that's why it's not super attractive to like your average user. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think it's way cooler because, because it's on blockchain and it is cryptocurrency. That's why those features and functions work of like the sales history, because you know, it's basically automating and updating the contract as part of the technology, right? Right. It's part of the so, blockchain. Is, yeah. that, is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Cool. And it also so, sounds like a double-edged sword. Yeah. I don't know, though. Like, I think if you don't have a little bit invested in cryptocurrency, like, what are you even doing yeah. right now? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, it I doesn't have to be a lot, that. but, you know, you never know. Um, well, and what's kind of cool as an artist too is like if you get your art on these platforms, then you have your wallet set up. You're getting cryptocurrency that way, right? And it's kind of a cool way to then be able to go and interact with these other platforms and try things out. Like a lot of times now, I'm like bidding on my friend's artwork to kind of help them along of like getting some hype going on when they, you know, release a new piece or. Mm-hmm you know, going and playing around in these platforms and buying avatar stuff. It's like, it's kind of fun. And um, that's a cool way to get cryptocurrency without having to put your own money in. Totally. Yeah. I, um, I was having trouble this, let's see, I guess it was like last year at this point, but uh, I sold a painting to someone in Australia and like getting bank transfers from his bank to my bank was becoming a huge pain in the ass so i was just like just send me ethereum and i'll just you know i can cash it out that way and it worked immediately like i mean he sent he was like okay i sent it and i looked at you know my phone and a little notification popped up it's like you have you know this many ethereum now and yeah i don't know i think that as an artist it's a good thing to have if you're possibly selling internationally you know we're all on the internet right uh so our posts are being potentially blasted out all over the world so i think it's a good i don't know just my two cents on uh on having your own a little bit of crypto or a wallet or something opened up what i found just from doing the gallery at east denver was just that it's such a beautiful community. Like mm-hmm. the values of that community are so badass. And like, there's so many of those platforms. Like I mentioned super rare and async, but there's probably like a dozen different platforms. And I remember like at the event, they had this really cool, like um, maker space that my friend Jessica angel set up. And mm-hmm. it was, it felt like this freaking cool, like cyberpunk club. And um, they had like an arcade with all these like vintage Japanese games. Anyway, everyone was hanging out up there till like 4 a.m. And I was talking to this guy who had who had started his own platform. I think it's called First Edition. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm like a New York investment guy, like you know, stock market stuff." And I'm like, "Like super finance, right?" And he's like, "But I I really am passionate about." helping artists succeed. And so I built this platform and I was just like, that blows my mind. Like, you know, that's so cool that someone that has that, you know, level of 
I don't know what you'd say, but I just, I, I just keep being blown away by how cool the community is and how supportive. And so I've been, um, I've been really into it and um, it's, it's a bit of a learning curve at first, but if anybody is interested in getting your art on, on any blockchain platforms, I'm happy to help mm-hmm. um, like be there for you as you're kind of figuring things out. I've had to learn a lot of things the hard way so I can help you not make mistakes. <laughs> that's always uh, invaluable. Like just that's kind of what I, if anyone ever asks me for advice, I'm just like, don't do this and this, you know, it's like kind of like a inverse advice, I guess. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So we were talking about IRL. Um, yeah. What other events, I guess, if you can talk about it, what were you contracted for this year? You said you had 14 events. Totally. Well, one thing that I'm really excited about that I still have happening is in July, I'm going to do a big installation down at the dairy block. Um, so personal installation, um, that I'll I'll design and install. Um, what does that look like? Oh, it's, um, they wanted a 4th of July piece, which honestly was a bit challenging for me at first. I wasn't feeling extremely patriotic when they asked me (laughs) Mm -hmm. that, um, asked me to do it. So it it took me a while to kind of reflect on it. And, um, I decided to go in a direction I'm naming it interdependence and it's a deconstructed American flag where it's like, real angular and layered pieces of fabric that are white, like it'll be like dyed fabric Mm -hmm. in blues and reds and kind of create a gradient effect. And the idea is kind of like, how do we deconstruct, you know, um, this idea of patriotism, this idea of like um, being an American and really make it what we want it to be. Mm -hmm something beautiful, something that we can see ourselves in. And so there's a, um, a collaborative aspect. We're going to do a a social media campaign where we get people to kind of, uh, like give us words to live by and write them on it so they can come and like find their message, see other people's messages. Um, but I'm doing that. I'm still hoping to do some final Fridays at the dairy block. Um, I still have the sign up form on my IRL Instagram and my Facebook Instagram in the bio. Mm-hmm. Um, there's set for July, August, September, and October. Right. So we'll see. I'm hoping we can still make it happen, but those should be fun. Yeah. And um, other than that, I'm just working on my website right now, um, which is really, really exciting. I've, um, so from 2017 to 2019, I worked with Meowwolf. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did uh, with and for them was um, oversee and build out their artist database. And so we had this like get involved form on the website where we had like 7,000 artists like wow. reach out to be a part of Meow Wolf. And so I went through that list and developed like a, with this awesome person, Hand Sales, who still works at Meow Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of collaborated on this thing and tracked all of how we were engaging with artists. And so 
Um, so that was informing our decisions of like, you know, oh, well, we already worked with them. Like maybe we'll consider this other person that like has a similar vibe or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. And um, I'd, I'd pitched to them that I, I wanted to make it forward facing because I was like, you know, I, I'm getting hit up nonstop with people saying like, can Meow Wolf do a mural on my business or come to our event and do some installations or whatever. And I, you know, and they just, their main focus is to build these exhibits and all the while they do want some opportunities like that, but it had to have been on a certain level for them to really, it be worth them to engage with it. Right. So we were losing all these opportunities that we could have distributed. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, I'd pitched them this idea and I'd, I'd had lengthy conversations with the lawyer and the former CEO. And I was like, and they were like, what's well, just too much of a liability, you know, to like put ourselves out there. It could, you know, mess with, um, our exhibits. Mm-hmm. And so I got it and they were like, but you should pursue it. They're like, you know, and like, and they, I think that they'll still be supportive once I do launch it, which I think will be a great kind of partnership. Um, but basically the idea is that it's, it's kind of like Etsy where you can set up your own profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really built more similarly to like Airbnb oh, where, cool. you know, as, as a client, you know, I can go in and say, Denver mural Asian or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And, and it'll come up with like options. And then I'm like, Oh, that's, I'm not seeing what I want. You can widen your search, right? Oh, like go up to 500 cool. miles or whatever. Yeah. And so it'll be like Airbnb in that way of like being able to search by availability, um, location, um, lots of keywords and tags. Like so style. the more, mm-hmm. Yeah like your genre, like your just descriptor words. Um, and basically there's going to be opportunity for people to set up. I, I have a 1.0 version and a 2.0 version. So the 1.0 version will be that. And uh, the 2.0 version, I'm really excited. I'll be able to expand it to art directors, mm-hmm. performance coordinators, um, like event managers to be able to actually offer or like art collectives. Mm -hmm. So they'll be able to say like, you know, this is what I do. And these are my top 20 favorite people that I like either represent or are part of the collective. And I'm the like manager of whatever it is. And so there it'll be neat. So like as a client, you're like, Oh, I, this is, uh, you know, you can either book directly to the artist or you can say like, Oh no, I'm going to like book the art director and like have them like manage what I'm wanting. And so it's just going to be a cool interface and hopefully streamline a lot of the like tools and functions and things that I've like, like through trial and error figured out over the last 10 years of like, contracts and insurance and fire safety plans Mm -hmm. and um w9s and all of that to where you know all of that will be in one place Mm -hmm. and um one of the main things i'm most excited about is getting um an insurance policy to cover all of the artists that are 
on the site. And so similar to Airbnb, like how they um, insure the properties that are um, right. listed on the website. So all of the art will be covered for the duration of its installation. That's sounds like a great resource that like when you're talking about, it, I was like, I mean, so how does someone get involved? How does an artist get involved with you on this? So I am working on it. So at <laughs> August, it's going to launch. Okay. Um, I'm hoping in the meantime, I'm going to curate about a hundred artists mm-hmm. um, from across the United States and, and try to like really get a good mix of people that are like in different places. Cause I mean, obviously I'm based in Denver, so that's where most of my people are, but mm-hmm. um going to curate a hundred artists to do kind of a beta test. So really getting feedback from them about like how the website works and what they'd like to see happen or what they think is like a good tool, bad tool. And um, then I'm, I'm once I launch it, there, there will be a hundred artists on the website. So it'll actually be functioning. You can search and like really get a feel for it, but then it'll be open. You know, any artist can um, set up a profile. I will have a feature where basically once you submit your profile, I'll need to approve it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that's just to make sure that you didn't spell anything incorrectly or that your photos look good or that you tagged your stuff properly or mm-hmm. that your prices felt right, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'll either approve it and it'll be fine if you set it up well. And then if not, what I'll do is I'll set up like a consultation Okay. and I'll, you know, I'll set up a phone call and I'll say, Hey, like your prices seem really expensive for what you're offering or, you know, um, or, you know, I would recommend doing more tags because um, that's going to help you get come up in searches more, whatever it may be. So um, definitely at the beginning going to offer a lot of consultation to get people on the website and figure that all out. That's super exciting. Yeah. Congratulations on that. That's badass. Yeah, it's been a long time coming and I'm... <sighs> You know, it's been tough because a lot of people are pretty discouraging right now. Um, it's yeah. expensive and I'm putting all my extra money into it and basically burning through all of my savings. And it's tough because, you know, we're facing potentially a Great Depression. And I'm mm-hmm. like, am I screwing myself over right now, putting all this money and energy into this thing that I don't know, like... But at the same time, like if I feel like if I don't do it and if I don't try, yeah, then like what am I doing? Yeah, you know, you'd have to live with that regret, you know. Yeah, and that's so I'm just going for it. I'm hoping (laughs) for the best. Yeah, well, yeah, I am too. Um, So if someone wanted to help you out with that, uh, how could they get in touch with you? Totally. So I have a few. options right now. I have two really amazing people helping me right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Eliza Schultz um, has been helping me with a bunch of like my back end, like just organization. We basically took every spreadsheet from every project I've ever done and made a a master artist database. So kind of recreated 
what I did with Meow Wolf. Mm -hmm. And so if you've ever applied or worked with me in the past, you'll already be kind of in the system so that like once we start sending out newsletters and information about the website, you should already be in the queue to um, be notified as soon as like stuff is available and ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's been helping. My friend Rob Gray has been helping. He is awesome. He on Instagram is Rob the Art Museum. And he's so cool. He's this younger, uh, younger man who um, moved to Denver probably like two years ago, but he's been throwing all these really cool, um, art events in the cannabis community. Oh, nice. So, but like really cool stuff. Like he's really fresh and has a lot of like amazing ideas. So I've, I've actually hired him as my marketing director. Um, like, so he's going to be helping kind of promote stuff and come up with like cool ways to, um, get stuff out there. But, Um, I do have some opportunities for people to uh, get involved. Like if an artist wanted to help with design elements uh, for marketing or um, wanted to be like, I'm going to have an affiliate program later on. So 2.0 version uh, where people can, you know, basically get like lower commission or even get equity in the company, um, depending on their level of engagement. So, you know, I would just say like, if you're interested, reach out. I, um, we can figure some way out of getting you involved. And, um, I definitely am trying to get feedback right now and it's really tedious because it's a lot of information. Um, I have like a 16 page business plan that I put together and I've been sending it out to people and being like, can you look this over and give me feedback? And, um, you know, I definitely am going to prioritize the people that are willing to like, give me feedback and advice. I definitely need legal help, um, on a number of aspects. So if there's any, um, people out there that are good with like legal, like terms and conditions and, um, IP copyright trademarks, um, that could be a really good, uh, resource for me right now and could offer equity. Um, yeah, any, yeah, grants, like we're trying to fit, like we might do a campaign or a fundraiser at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to just self fund it and versus, uh, getting an investor because I really like the idea of just working within my means right? and not, and not like, um, convoluting things. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, if you had an investor, you might have to kind of I don't know, listen to their ideas and they might want to take precedence over your vision, you know. Yeah, totally. So I've just been self-funding it. So any like I might do a fundraiser at some point and that would be really cool like if artists could like Rob came up with this idea of like, well, maybe artists could like donate a G clay or a print and we could do an auction. And then those artists, you know, get their commission waived for the first year or something. Yeah, yeah. And so there's cool things that we can do like that. And um, it's just, for me, I've been so bogged down with trying to build it and mm-hmm. like really like I'm working with these development programmer team down in Austin, Texas. And like, 
trying to like manage Eliza and Rob and like they're helping like, and I think, um, you know, anybody who wanted to like, just help take on a certain aspect, but I think we're just slowly kind of figuring it out and just, you know, making it happen. Um, but any feedback would be great. So if anybody wanted to reach out to me at Annie at IRL um, just holler at me. I can get you over kind of some of the documents we're working through and um, just get feedback on stuff. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Um, so I'm going to pivot real quick back to uh, festival galleries and, and curating things like this. Um, what do you look for in an artist? And do you have any advice to someone who might be new to the community uh, who wants to get into a live festival or a, sorry, a live painting gallery at a festival? Yeah. Um, I have a, like, I really like to curate really diversely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really multifaceted. So, um, basically one, I, I try to s- curate like as many women as men, as people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely err on the side of women and, mm-hmm. and people of color and try to like tilt the scale a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like to have a wide range of art. So like I'll have anything from like wood burning to like pop art to super psychedelic stuff to super visionary to like um, real cartoony to like graffiti to, you know, I, I really love like aspects of all different types of art. Um, but I always just look for people that are original. I think above anything else, like originality really speaks to me. Mm -hmm. If I can look at your art and see who you're inspired by, and you're not actively saying that that's who you're inspired by, that bugs me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like if you're studying an artist, um, like I'll, I do it all the time. Like I've done a lot of pieces inspired by David Chong Lee and a lot of pr- like studying perspective. And, you know, I'll, I'll write that. Like when I post that work, I'm like, you know, thanks David Chong Lee for inspiring this piece. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, trying to like find my voice within this kind of style and um, whatever, just to use an example. And, um, (laughs) Hey kitty. Flying cat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think originality really is important to me. Like when people um, have really nailed their own style and it's because I don't know, I just, it's hard for me to accept people um, when I do have such limited resources, when I can tell that their work is like really, uh, inspired by someone else that I could probably approve, you know? Yeah. 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 I hear you. So, um, yeah. So any advice, uh, for, for youngsters out there wanting to get into the, uh, the live painting world? Like, would you, would you recommend, uh, volunteering or anything like that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, geez, that, that's what I did. God, I, I, at, at the two Wakarusas I went to, I was on their mm-hmm. green team. 
nice. I, I picked up trash after the festival and like got all sorts of crazy ground scores. So yeah, <laughs> definitely like just, just be humble more than anything. Like that's going to get you so far is just like be humble and willing to pitch in. Um, if you come in really hot and like demand a bunch of stuff and like try to like, that's a one way of like really just sticking your foot in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like just be like patient with the process yeah. and humble and be willing to like help. And I don't know. And, and not to take things personally, sure. um, if they don't go your way. Um, and just keep trying. And if you're really wanting to take it serious, like I said, invest in yourself and like find ways. I mean, there's even tutorials and stuff on YouTube. If you don't have access or don't have an ability to like connect with other artists, uh, in real life, um, (laughs) you can, um, you know, find tutorials and classes online or do zoom calls like this with people or, you know, like Amanda Sage has been doing this really cool, like vision train thing. Like there's a lot of stuff out there like that where you can connect with people and start building those friendships and, and connections with people and be able to get advice from others and, um, get your work seen and that's that's it like the vision train's really cool because it's not curated you know like right. you can just participate in that and all of these other artists are now going to be aware of your work which is really cool and it's just getting yourself out there is 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 important and um you know like even if you don't get accepted to stuff if you apply like people are gonna see your work and that's still a positive thing exactly because like one thing that I noticed year to year is like how people are growing. And if you're growing as an artist, that shows a lot of like, damn, okay, this person's really putting in effort. Like, like one person, I think that I, it's been, we've had an interesting relationship, but I think that she's like in the last couple of years, her art has just exploded. And it's so easy to say like, holy shit, like look how much you've grown and like you've you've stuck with it and I, Molly Gardner like yeah. i think like seeing that is so cool and like you can you can see the progress and like that to me says a lot about like you know you taking it serious and really trying you know yeah yeah it's always good to keep in mind that like one little thing can lead to another when you're putting yourself out there like you don't know how things are going to kind of like play out. So it's, it's always good to just kind of get your work out there and, and stay humble, but stay positive too about everything. Yeah. Maybe just be willing to like, you know, try some stuff for free at first, you know, like find a wall if you're trying to do murals or right. if you're trying to do live painting, like, you know, obviously right now it's difficult. Um, but like, there's always opportunities to live paint at Cervantes and the other side. So mm-hmm. if you're in, ever interested in that, once things do get going, there's like a, a sign up form. Um, but yeah, hopefully in the future, my website will be a really good resource for people to get themselves out there and to have some context. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my things that I'm most excited about seeing is, is the ability for a container to be developed where people are like, Oh, okay. 
like I'm seeing a trend here of how people are pricing their work or pricing, um, you know, whatever it is they they're offering and being able to um, search for people and see like who's in your area that's active and doing stuff and being able to, you know, even like as an artist um, in the 2.0 version, you'll be able to say like, oh, this art director is directing artists that like I really love or they're managing artists that I really love and like aspire to be like, I'm going to hire them for an hour consultation. And like, you know, there'll be opportunities like that where you can connect with people that you like want to actively get advice from and they can help build you a, a roadmap of or give advice on like what specifically would be good for you to be um, considering or looking at, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's, we'll probably wrap it up right here. Thanks for uh, keeping all the artists and entrepreneurs and art directors connected, interconnected through what you do. Really appreciate you being on the podcast too. I'm trying. Yeah, I um, I appreciate you giving me the time to talk and I'm glad you reached out. Um, is there any cool stuff that you're a part of that you're doing that's coming up? Um just kind of the podcast, just keeping that rolling. That's, uh, you know, that's some work. I've been kind of feeling a little weird about doing it in, in zoom and Skype form lately, but, uh, I, you know, I've kind of refocused myself on it. Um, I'm going to be painting my garage studio soon, uh, so I can practice more murals and, um, but, you know, other than that, just just trying to stay present with it all and, and be a part of this community. Yeah, very good. Well, that's awesome rattling about my random stuff. So I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, until next time. Okay. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of RTAF. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by purchasing a t-shirt off of my website at andrewnorrisarts.com. Or you can donate on our Anchor website, which is anchor.fm slash RTAF. As always, I appreciate your attention and I look forward to another episode. Peace.